0: What's good, everybody? I'm back. It's your boy Eric Compton, aka Money Compton, aka Mr. Town Business, and you are listening to the Sports Business Podcast, available on all platforms so wherever you get your podcast from. Whether that's Google, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, Apple, we're there. Just Google it. All you got to do is find us. You can also email the show at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. You can also find me on the Twitterverse at Sports Business. And you can also find me on Instagram at Money Compton. Yo, what's good? I mean, you know, I ain't talked to y'all in a minute. And I know it's been a hot minute. I had people asking me <clears throat> pretty much the whole entire summer, like, what have I been doing? is the show canceled? Is it, is it a done deal for, for the sports business, uh, show? Um, the answer is no. Cause if it was, I wouldn't be here talking to y'all, but I appreciate everybody checking up on me. I just decided that I had been doing this for, whew, man, I think two or three years now, nonstop. And I just got to the point where I was like, man, you know, I got, I got a little bit of time off. Um, I needed to do a couple of things personally. I started a new, day-to-day job um so that needed my day-to-day attention for the time being so i just had to you know move adjust and and, and shoot to the right target group right now so i zeroed in my shot group i feel like i've gotten everything down to a nice little rhythm so i've been able to kind of get back in the groove of things and plus you know july and august it ain't too much sports going on man like i can do baseball and people ask me about that like hey do you do baseball i can but i'm not gonna carry a 30 minute show on baseball so Um, we're back, and this couldn't be a better time to come back because we definitely got baseball. uh, Well, baseball is coming up because we're right right into the postseason. We also got NFL kicking off, and we're going to get into that. We're also going to get into why I don't like the new college football expansion. I think that is a rather bullish move between one network in particular where they're trying to scoop up as much revenue as they can because they know that – College football is probably the second biggest sport beside behind the NFL. So, whatever they can do to try to scoop up on some extra scrilla. I mean, I feel it, but at the same time, I don't, but we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, we're going to talk about the dummy of the day, but yeah, like I said, you know, people want to know what I've been up to. That's what I've been Show ain't canceled. I appreciate everybody. Like I said, checking up on me. Um, people hit me up left and right, like, yo, where's the podcast at, you know, you're going to run it back. So here it is. I hope y'all enjoyed it. I hope y'all was able to go back to some of my previous episodes and just check, check your boy out. So before we get into it, you know, I always like to find a weird story. I found that I actually was watching the news, and I saw this. So this was actually on CNN the other day, and apparently, uh, a Southwest flight passenger was out here airdropping new photos to other flyers to the point where the, heli- uh, the helicopter pilot, the airplane, the the airline pilot, the Southwest said that he was gonna not take, not have the plane take off and kick everybody off the plane and get them rescreened if this one person. Would stop air dropping nude photos of i don't know if it was their selves it didn't really go into detail but um it, it sounds like it happened from houston hobby airport and it was heading to cabo saint lucas in mexico here's the thing y'all um there is a setting on your airdrops where you can just have airdrops only being airdropped to you by your contacts as opposed to everyone and here's number two when you get an airdrop there is this button that says accept and decline So, all you weirdos that was out here accepting things from strangers, shame on y'all. Because it's the same thing when you go through all these different trainings about fishing and spamming and whatnot. Why y'all accepting things that you don't know from people that you just don't know? Like, you're getting things from people that you don't know. So, if I'm looking at this, I can hit the decline button and keep it moving. Now, I have to sit here because there's a whole bunch of dirtbags who don't want to hit the decline button And now you're gonna hold up my flight. Like if that would've came down to, I'd have came to. Someone, someone would have to pay for that. Because now you're holding up my vacation time because you want to complain about some nudes being airdropped to you when you have the option of hitting decline. Just decline it, and you good, and you can keep it pushing. So, I want to email the show. Let me know what's the most. What's your breaking point on if a flight were to get canceled? Because. I know we've been on the, we've been almost damn near three years into this pandemic and we still got a whole bunch of Karens and Kens or whatever the male version of Karens are called that are out here wilding out. So there has been a couple of times where I was looking at some people on my flights like, Hey man, if we don't get with this, this airplane does not push back because of you. We will have some serious problems. So email the show. Let me know. But um, yeah, I thought that story was a little weird. Like just don't accept it and you good. Like I don't, I don't understand it. So Anyways, like I said, email the show. What's the weirdest thing that's happened to you since you've been on the airplane? So, love to hear it. And, yeah. Now, that being said, we finally, 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 finally. It feels like it's been such a long time since we had last had football. And, peep game, we had a, a extra week of football last season where the, the the season extended an additional week. So, you know, it still feels like we had a long withdrawal of no football. So... We had all the different off-season drama. You know, Devontae Adams comes to Las Vegas. Um, You had Chandler Jones that came to Las Vegas. Khalil Mack goes to the Chargers. Aaron Rodgers is out here taking psychedelic drugs. And apparently he's not going to, I mean, whatever. Um, There was that instance, Tom Brady retired for about 30 days and realized that retirement life ain't for him or home life ain't for him. So he jumps back in. Um, You know, you got all these wide receivers out here getting quarterback money all of a sudden. So... It's been a different different vibe for this offseason, so I'm excited. We got a huge matchup this upcoming Thursday with the Buffalo Bills against uh, i was gonna say the Chargers. The Rams actually start the defense of their Super Bowl win. Um, minus OBJ. Minus Matthew Stafford, who looks like he's got elbow issues, so that's going to be really, really interesting. But look out for Buffalo to make some noise this year. I feel like they are right there where they can make that extra step. You know, people complain about the the had they had the ball at one more possession last year in that playoff game against Kansas City, they may have been in to do stuff. So I always look at the defense. Like, all right, now everybody's knocking y'all. So what did y'all do to get better this year? So I'm very very interested to see what the Buffalo defense is going to look like, um, just based off the fact that they couldn't stop a nosebleed against uh, against the Chiefs when they needed to. And granted, I get it's against the Chiefs, but you got to be able to make a stop, otherwise you ain't gonna have the situation that you had last year, but apparently this upcoming postseason, they are they have changed the rule where the offense will get the ball back no matter what, I believe. So, I mean, I guess, but, I mean, whatever. But I'm looking out for those teams. So People ask me, what are my teams that I'm looking out for? I'm really interested in what San Francisco is going to do. And the reason why is because they took an insurance policy out on Jimmy G, which leads to tell me, that means to tell me that they probably ain't fully sold on this Trey Lance, dude. Not to mention, I don't even think Trey Lance is sold on Trey Lance because here's the thing about Trey Lance. He is an enigma. We don't know what Trey Lance is. I think he only played a couple of college football games. He played a couple of games last season, and now you're telling turning over the keys. We don't know if he's good or not. And here's my thing. He went to North Dakota State, which I think is the same school that one Carson Wentz had went to. And if you take away maybe... One season with Carson Wentz, and that was the season that he got hurt. He ain't really been all that. This is his third team in three years. I think he's at Washington now, if I'm not mistaken. He played for the Colts last year, and he played for the Eagles the year before that. So this is his third team in the last three years. They went to the same school. I'm not too keen on cats coming out of small schools, um, especially D2 schools, trying to thrive in the NFL. It just don't really pan out that well. Um, you could talk about one Joe Flacco he won a super bowl but i was really based off of the ravens stellar defense that they had and he was really t- relatively young as well so that's really really going to be interesting now the cold part about the san francisco 49ers they're playing against a team that uh, they're playing against a quarterback that they should have drafted and that's Justin Fields bro Justin Fields i mean and i'm not trying to be funny he could possibly you know if he's having a worry if he if he's playing on a worse offensive line than he did last year I mean, my man might be done though. Like, his career might be done faster than we know it because this team doesn't seem to be too sold on his health and welfare because they ain't got the players to to support him. I felt like the Niners should have got Justin Fields instead of Trey Lance, if you ask me. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see the 49ers playing against the Bears. And maybe they might have a little bit of buyer's regret, buyer's remorse. So we'll see about that. You got the Cincinnati Bengals, who nobody's really talking about them when they were essentially a Cinderella story last season. They had another team that had a terrible offensive line, but they had a above average de- above average defense, and you know you got guys like Jesse Bates, um, heading holding it down on the defensive back. So, um, they 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 might be pretty good again this year. I'm expecting them to make some noise. Um the Philadelphia Eagles. They got A.J. Brown from Tennessee, so that's going to be a huge blow. I'm looking for Tennessee to actually take a step back. And the reason why I say that is because they just lost their sack sack leader. I forgot what his name is, but he had like 12 sacks. He's done for the year with a torn ACL. Look out for Derrick Henry. And all my fantasy football players, I wish Chris Kennedy was on the show. I'm not really feeling Derrick Henry this year. And the reason why I say that, he missed a boatload of games last season. He's starting to, you start seeing that wear and tear start wearing down so once when you start getting that one major injury especially for a position like the running backs they start to kind of wear down a little bit so Derrick Henry might have a step back season this year which is very very interesting because he's actually heading into free uh, free agency and we're going to see if the Titans want to pay that man his guap so that's going to be very very interesting they don't have A.J. Brown Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. Um I'm not going to say he's booty. I'm not going to say he's trash, but he's not a guy when you need the you need to win a game that you can put the ball in his hands and win a game. Um that team was heavily defended, uh, heavily based off of reg- a great running game as well as a stellar defense, and I think both of those two aspects of their team philosophy may have taken a step back. So um we'll see what ends up happening. But I feel like the Tennessee Titans might take a step back and they don't have AJ Brown. Um, the Carolina. Well, I'm I'm sorry. The Cleveland Browns. You know, they don't have Deshaun Watson for obvious reasons. Um, and they play the They play the Carolina Panthers, which Baker Mayfield, who claims that he's gonna do whatever he can do to win that game. Uh, that's another cat that I'm not too sold on. So that's gonna be very very interesting. Um, and I'm looking at a team that everyone's talking about. That thing. You know, people got him as a as a Super Bowl pick. Um, or at least representing the AFC, and that's my Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine last week, late last week, and he was saying that he that's his pick for the AFC team, or a- to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl that is going to be in Arizona. Granted, everybody knows I am a diehard Raider fan. I mean, it's, it's not a known secret. But there's also a side of me that keeps things, not only as a fan, but also as a sports sports journalist, where I'm like, Nah, bruh. I'm not. I I, honestly, I don't see them being any good this year. I'm not going to say being any good this year, but that defense, the front seven is okay. Their front seven, when you got Chandler Jones and Max Crosby holding down the defensive line, then you got Denzel Perryman, that was one of the leaders in, in tackles last year. That makes a little bit of sense. Like, all right, cool. The front seven's cool. It's always been the back four, aka the defensive backs that have been Getting blown up left and right. They just traded away their best cornerback in Trayvon Mullen to the Cardinals. I know they got the Cat Hobbs. Um, He's all right. But Jonathan Abram is garbage. He reminds me of one Roy Williams that used to play for the Cowboys, the safety, who could lay down a boomstick but could not cover a blanket. He was just couldn't do it. Jonathan Abram is now in his, he's got a fifth year option. And this is probably it's going to be his last year with the Raiders, which is another one of those John Gruden cats who should have never got drafted. But it is what it is. But if you're looking at the DBs, the DVs is extremely suspect. You're looking at Darren Waller, who two years ago was probably one of the best tight end tight ends in the game behind Kittle, George Kittle, as well as Travis Kelsey. You could have fl- you could have shuffled any one of those three, Darren Waller, George Kittle and tight uh, Travis Kelsey. And you could have said one of those three are the best tight ends in the game. Darren Waller had a injury plagued season last year. he didn't play he didn't play at all. And I don't think he's really been doing too much in training camp as well. And he's also asking for a new contract. Hey yo, my man, you gotta play. That's one thing you gotta play. Um, so there's just a lot of intrigue. Like, yes, the Raiders, they should be able to put up points on the scoreboard, but their defense, I don't know, is going to be a huge liability. You can't be out here outscoring everybody. And then there's the wild card. I don't like the hire of Josh McDaniels. And the reason why I talked about this with my boy the other day as well, name me a coach that had a first chance and was garbage and was able to turn it around his second try around and, and prosper. I can't think of one. Like, yes, you could say Bill Belichick. That's one. Maybe technically Pete Carroll. Um Pete Carroll, when he went to the Patriots, he was okay. He had a, 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 an abysmal season with the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. And then he goes to USC. But even then, you could say that he kind of retrained and won, I believe, two national championships and could have won a third one and then goes to the Seattle Seahawks and turns that around. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. Dick Vermeil, technically, but he was he had a pretty good run with the Philadelphia Eagles before he won that championship with the Rams. Tom Coughlin had a very good track record with the Jacksonville Jaguars, probably the best coach that they've had and goes to the Giants and wins two Super Bowls. So. There's not if you look at the track record and then if if you look at that track record of coaches that got their first chances and had a just just bad start to their careers and then they get a second chance and they're able to prosper. It's slim and none. And here's the second part to that question. Name me a coach off the Bill Belichick tree that has been able to prosper. And outside of maybe Mike Vrabel for the Tennessee Titans, there ain't really one that's out there killing it, um, that came off of Bill Belichick's coaching tree. Um, and that's a thing. like I said, people that are like, well, coaching and pedigree, and that's a thing. If you look at, um, if you look at Andy Reid's coaching tree, it's pretty, it's pretty legit. If you look at Sean McVay, I mean, hell, the coach for the Cincinnati Bengals came from Sean McVay's team, uh, coaching tree. Um, if you look at, um, uh, what's my guy's name at the, with uh, San Francisco's or Shanahan. They all came from the Sean McVay kind of regime. So over there in Washington. So those, that thing is a, it's a thing. And Bill Belichick has not groomed any of his assistants, D coordinators, offensive coordinators to be great head coaches. That's why a lot of them have never been able to, that's why there's this whole kerfuffle right now of who's calling. I believe it's the offensive players. Like they had Matt Patricia and and my man, that used to coach for the, uh, for the Giants, Joe Judge splitting, splitting play call duties like Matt Patricia was the defensive coordinator a couple of years ago for the Patriots goes to Detroit and has a a epic failure and then goes back to New England and now he's calling offensive plays like that don't really make sense so that tells me that Bill Belichick is not really grooming a lot of his 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 assistants to do anything because they're they're too they're too interchangeable so I don't know I, I just don't think You got a team like Josh McDaniel, you got a coach like Josh McDaniel is going to be able to prosper when there's a lot of pressure in the city that wants you to win right now. And they're coming off of a great season that started off very, very well in the middle of the season was very abysmal in their dark days. And then you bring Josh McDaniels in. I just don't know if that's the best hire that they could hire. But we shall see. Not to mention their first. I would say all the way up until Halloween. They got they have a gauntlet. Week one, they play the Chargers. Week two, they play Arizona. Week three, they play the Tennessee Titans. They play Denver. They're at Kansas City on a Monday night. They got Houston. That should be a gimme. And then it's their week eight game, Halloween, is against New Orleans. So I mean, they could easily go two two and five, three, three, and three, three and four. Like it's it's not It's not far fetched, so Raiders fans, I mean, I'm keeping it real. Like, I just don't see how this team is going to be able to get through. Like, the middle part of the season, they got Jacksonville, Indy. Those two games, they could be wins. They got Denver, Seattle, and then they got both, they got two LA teams. So it's going to be a tough, they don't have an easy schedule. I totally like that. So. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what, the, what my Raiders do. Do I believe in them? Yeah, I believe in them, but I'm also a realistic person. Like, I just don't. You can't tell me right now that this is a team that's going to make it to the Super Bowl. I just don't see it. On paper, cool, maybe, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then you got the Dallas Cowboys and America's team. Like I said, I'm not one of those Cowboy fan trolls or the people that hate the Cowboys the most. Like, they ain't no, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars got more playoff wins since 1996 than the Cowboys do. Like, come on, bruh. I mean this team is they 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 the Cowboys, man, you know. So this is a team again. Ezekiel Elliott, he started having those injuries and he's not been able to progress ever since. So it's going to be very very interesting to see what he looks like. CeeDee Lamb, Mr., you know, Mr. I wear number 88 the 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 franchise wide receiver number, but he out here dropping passes. So we're going to see we got Dakota Prescott out here saying that what wait and see, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we're going to do type of thing. But I don't know. Um, but they're playing against a I don't know how mentally tough the Buccaneers are. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't know what's going on. Tom Brady's been missing um, for a couple of weeks during training camp. That was really weird. Um, I think their center got hurt. I think they just signed Jason Peters, if I'm not mistaken. So, they... I don't know how mentally tough this team is going to be. And I feel like this is probably going to be a bad season. I'm not going to say a bad season, but it's going to be a very, very interesting season for the Buccaneers. Um, they don't have Godwin. He's still coming off of an ACL tear. Um, they do have um, a couple of good tight ends. So, we'll, it's going to be very, very interesting. I don't know what the running back situation is. I believe Leonard Fortnette's still there. So, We'll see. But, you know, one thing about Tampa Bay is they do have a stellar defense. Their defense last year was just broken down literally since week one. So I think this is going to be the first time in a long time that they're going to be able to play fully healthy. So we'll see. Um, but I, the Cowboys, it's going to be, you know, at the end of the day, the Cowboys are equivalent to the Notre They're equivalent to Notre Dame in college football. They're a team that everyone just wants to write them, write them a check, put them in the championship, pencil them in for the Super Bowl. And then they play realistic contender teams and they just get smacked in the face. That is exactly what the Dallas Cowboys are. They're equivalent to the Notre Dame of what football? To, they're, they're the Notre Dame of the NFL. They're a team that just automatically gets all of this praise and notoriety. And then when it's time to actually play, buckle your chin straps, put, just lace up your cleats. They end up getting smoked out of them. They to get smoked. So until I see the Cowboys win, I'm not sold on the Cowboys. And even when they do win, I still might not be sold on them. So we'll see what ends up happening. I think uh Mike McCarthy the head coach is going to be on a very short leash. Um I don't see him, I mean, if they have a rough season, I would ex- I I think that they'll 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 make it. I think he might have his job secure for the rest of the season, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised. So, I don't know. I think that they're ready to kind of move forward with him and there is one Sean Payton that's kind of fallen into a lap, so we'll see what ends up happening with that. But yeah, football's back. NFL's back. We are actually officially started college football. And I got another question that people ask me. Like, yo, E, how come we all really talk about college football? I'm going to tell y'all why. One, I'm from I'm from the Bay Area. And the Bay Area is equivalent to like, you, you ask people in the Bay Area, do they watch college football? The consensus is usually going to be, nah, they don't. It's the same thing when you go up to New York City. If you go to New York, there's really college football is not a thing. We're very, very heavy sports, pro sports. We don't really... Rock with college sports. It's just how it's been like that ever since I was a kid. you got a couple of, you know, you got a couple of college football junkies. Like, I'm not going to say flat out nobody watches college football, but it's not a thing. Um, It's not a thing in New York as well. We just got too many pro sports teams. So when people say, how come I don't cover college college, um, football? It's because, one, there's too many damn teams. There's too many damn schools. Two, it's definitely a regional sport. Like, if you think about it, L.A., is a college football breeding ground as far as high school football goes, including the Bay area too. If you look around the league, there's a lot of good players in the, from in the NFL, from the Bay area, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon. Um, I can go on and on, but, uh, Devontae Adams is from the Bay area. There's, there's a lot of players from the Bay area, but we don't really pump out college football programs like USC and us, UCLA. Like they're going to the big 10, if I'm not mistaken, um, in a few years. So, um that's kind of why I don't really college, cover a lot of college football it's one it's too many teams two it's it's very very regional like the south you know they 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 live and die off of that two you know two two each zone but I did see something this week where I was like, bro, this don't even make no sense to me, and everyone's saying oh it's great for the sport no, it's not it's not great for the sport. And that is that the college football playoff is expanding to twelve teams, I believe, starting in twenty twenty six when the new contracts, the new TV contracts, go up. And basically, that means that if you are familiar with the New Year six New Year six games, which is the ESPN's cream and the creme Bella biggest bowl games that they got. So that would be the Cotton Bowl Classic. Side note: They need to change that name. The Cotton Bowl Classic. Come on, bro. Um, the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, and um, I'm drawing a blank. I just had this written down. Uh, Fiesta Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. I think it's the Sugar Bowl. Anyway, Sugar Bowl, Fiesta, Rose, Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl. And whatever the sixth one is, I can't think of it. But those six games are usually all aired on ESPN, which means that all six of those games will now be playoff games. If you look at the national semi, the the 14 playoff format that it is right now, the semifinals, the two semifinals that declares the national championship game, if you look at the average margin of victory, they've been boat races. They have not been close at all. And those are just from teams seeded one through four. Now, when you get to championship game, it's been, a, it's been a grab back, kind of like the Super Bowl. You get some good close games, and you get some boat races. Um, last year, Georgia against Alabama was a very, very close game all the way up into the fourth quarter, and Georgia smoked them. It was another game, I believe, Ohio State smoked whoever it was, the first college football playoff. Um, you've had Alabama smoke a lot of teams. Um, so... I'm not sold on this. So the disparity and the reason why I'm not sold on this, is because if you look, like I said, the national semifinal games, those those have just been boat races. They're unwatchable. If ESPN's be, ESPN has even been transparent and said that nobody watches the games Nobody nobody's watched the TV ratings for the college football national semifinal games have been abysmal. One, they're on New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day. First of all. New Year's Eve, I'm not, I'm not watching college football, bro. I'm sorry. It ain't happening. And then New Year's Day, I'm probably recovering from what I was doing New Year's Eve, so ain't nobody really watching all that. And I'm probably taking down my Christmas decorations New Year's Day. Um, so that's one. Now, there's always this hypothetical of what about teams, you know, what about the five, six teams, you know, the teams that were on the brink of making it. How come they didn't get a fair shake? Or what about the smaller schools? All right. UCF, I think, made it to a New Year's Six game um, a few years ago, got smoked um cincinnati last year was a team i believe that ended up they showed them some love and got them into a playoff game if i'm mistaken they didn't fan- pan out too well so you know that's just not gonna work 12 teams i think it's too much you could have made i could have been okay with maybe eight but even then all this really does it gives georgia clemson bama ohio state and really notre dame all a stone cold deadlock pick to get into one of those games. All, that's all they did. There's going to be no, there's going to be no debate. You'll have those five teams in there every year. So it's, in there, it's really essentially it's just going to be the um, those five teams invitational. If you can beat one of those five teams, the more power to you. But it's probably not going to happen. Now people are saying, well, what about the NIL deal, the the name, player, image, likeness deal, where basically players cannot get paid? That should kind of even out the playing field. Not necessarily. If I go to Northern, like, let's just say I go to Stanford. I go to Stanford. Stanford has a decent, above-average athletic program. If my alumni and the local sponsors aren't on board with me going to Stanford and trying to get me paid or getting these sponsorships, then it's not going to work. I wouldn't want to go to Stanford. If I go to a school like Alabama where the boosters, they're, they're fully committed to the athletic program, they they don't care. How, and mind you, this is a public institution that's paying their head coach, I believe, $8 million a year. And if you look up uh, Alabama's public school education and see where they rank at, you can see where, where their priorities are. They don't give a damn about public education, but they give a damn about what Nick Saban and Alabama Crimson Tide do in the college football uh college football playoffs and whatever they do in their season. So you're going into there. There's enough money to go around for everybody on that squad. If I go to maybe Oregon, let's take Oregon. For example, Oregon has a lot of Nike money. Phil Knight, you know, he has an unlimited supply of money that gets pumped into Oregon. Even then, if the boosters and the local surrounding area is not fully on board with trying to get these players some exposure, some, some ad revenue and this and that, The competition is not going to, you're not going to be able to get the recruiting class all like that. So that being said, it's still Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. And this is why I despise Notre Dame so much is because once again, they played, I believe who was at this weekend, Ohio State and they were ranked number five. What did they do last year for them to get ranked that high? Like, it's just name, off of name. If they're going to do all that, if we're just going to based off of history and tradition, put University of Miami in. Put Penn State in there as a top five. Like, put these old, you guys showed so much, like, these ranking systems give so much love to Notre Dame. That it just makes me sick to my stomach. Like it really makes me not want to watch college footballs because anytime I do turn tune in and I do watch a Notre Dame game, they get smoked out of the water. And granted, they didn't get embarrassed like they usually do this past weekend, but it's bound to happen. They if they make it to the college football playoff this year, which they got one loss. If they don't lose the rest of the season, based off the fact, that, based off the fact that this past loss against Ohio State wasn't as bad as everyone expected they might get in. And when they do, they're probably going to get smoked by any one of those other teams that I just named. So I feel like eight teams would have been a little bit better. But here we are with 12. So ESPN, you make your bed, you line it. I hope you're I hope you're going to be okay with nobody watching these games. I hope you're okay with nothing but blowouts. And it is what it is. Another thing that someone else brought up to me. What about the Cinderella Cinderella factor? Bruh, name me a damn team that in the college football history that was a Cinderella story. Name me a team that went on just was just an underdog team that just went on and run. This ain't basketball. This ain't this ain't Sister Jean, Loyola, uh Loyola of Illinois. This ain't this ain't um uh, that school that just came out of Jersey that was out here just balling out of control. It ain't happening in football. That does not happen in football. Upsets are yes they do happen throughout the regular season, but when it comes down to the playoffs, it ain't happening. It doesn't really happen in the pros all like that. I can think of a couple teams that were underdogs. Yes the Bengals may have been considered underdogs, but that's that's very, very rare. The Giants when they played against the Patriots both times, that was somewhat of a Cinderella story. So that doesn't really necessarily happen even in the pros. So now people are saying, Well, you know, a twelve can beat no a- No, ain't no twelve beating no one, bruh. Ain't no twelve beating no one. You didn't mean to tell me that a twelve, which would be if I could think of number a 12th team seeded team at the end, of, North Carolina, North Carolina football, they gonna beat Alabama. Come on, man, y'all need to go submit some drug tests just for y'all to think that the Cinderella factor may happen. If you even look back in the BCS days, Boise State beat Oklahoma, and they had to beat them on some trick plays, uh, Statue of Liberty, some fumbleitis. They had to beat them off some gimmicky things. They didn't beat them straight up. So you're telling me that, um. I can't think of another BCS Cinderella like even it just don't happen so again y'all are telling me that you know what if what if a team underdog team it ain't happening it ain't gonna happen the lead this all this does is just separates the SEC the Big Ten uh, that's really about it. It's really just going to be the SEC and the big 10 in a minute. Um, and it's just going to put them so much farther ahead than everyone else in the college football landscape. So y'all have fun with this college football, uh, 12 teams in the end a few years. I'm cool. I barely watch college football as it is. So that's probably your sports business college football segment for the next umpteenth years because I probably ain't going to talk about it no more. But anyways, like I said, we're back. I'm happy to be back. I'm glad to be back. I appreciate everybody that checked up on me again. Um, And we're going to run this back next week. This weekend, I'm actually going to check out the... What game am I checking out? I'm actually going to... Oh, I'm going to Atlanta. That's right. So I'm going to the home opener of the Falcons-Saints game um, this weekend. So I've never been... It's been probably about 10, 10 12 years since I've been in at Atlanta last. So really, really excited to check that out. Um, Check out Mercedes-Benz Stadium as well. So that I'm really, really looking forward to seeing some friends, fellowshipping, and checking out the ATL. So um i'll give you a stadium review on that and then before we get up out of here we are going to you know we do the dummy of the day that ain't changed and i saw i had the dummy of the day initially and then i was looking on my social media feed before i um went on the air and i looked this up and i was like whoa wait what and this happened in england where some vegan activists uh, they're being slammed after bar- blocking a supermarket for in the supermarket milk aisles My aisles. so I guess there's this vegan act- activist group out of England that have been sitting in front of the milk aisles of supermarkets telling to stop the supply of dairy um, the article goes on saying that they basically had sit-ins across all over the United Kingdom um And the members are called the Animal Rebellion, have staged protests at high-end grocery stores in four English cities, as they called for the British government to make an an urgent and immediate transition to a plant-based food system. (sighs) So we've seen this now going on in supermarkets. Now we have seen, so we can add supermarkets to the list. I believe during the fourth of July during the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, Joey Chestnut was out here suplexing a dude who ironically, unfortunately was from went to Cal Berkeley around my neck of the woods, who held up a sign in a Darth Vader mask saying something about some chickens or something something to that realm. Um I went to a Giants game a few weeks ago and some fool ran across the field. Um with a sign which was a bit with a sign talking about stop animal cruelty. Um we've seen this happen. I, I know for a fact I talked about it on a few of my podcasts in an NBA playoffs where these animal activists are going after the Timberwolves owner, Glenn Tain- Taylor One chick handcuffed herself to the basketball room, another chick super glued her hand on the basketball court. Um <sighs> Yo y'all people are bugging bro like y'all are bugging here's the thing the people that you are trying to do this to we don't give a damn we don't care you guys are really if anything annoying people you are really annoying tf out of everybody the people who are trying to just go and get milk whether it's for their for their babies or whether it's for whatever the fill in the blank is what they do with their money and got nothing to do with what you're doing okay Whether people are going to sporting events, I guarantee you 98% of the people that are going to a sporting event didn't care. If anything, they were agitated, they were annoyed that you are holding up and putting the spectacle on hold because you want to put out your platform or you want to put out your message. You don't see any any other of these people, any other of these foundations, any other one of these movements out here stopping sporting events, out here stopping Hot dog eating contest. I hear stopping just going to the grocery store. Like y'all are bugging, man. Like these, and and and, and I say, I, and I always say, like Peter got probably more rights than you know. Animals got more rights than persons of colors at these days because it's crazy people like this that now you're stopping people from getting a, a, a gallon of milk. Like I wish I would go to my local grocery store and I saw y'all talking about I can't get no milk. Like what you mean? No, get out of my way. Move out the way. I don't care what y'all got to say. I'm still going to do me and mind y'all own damn business. Okay. If y'all feel some type of way, why don't y'all, if y'all are feeling that, if you all want to go bold, go to the, go to the farmhouse, go to the place where they're actually, where that these things are actually happening and protest there. And then if you want to take it up to another level, so I'm giving you the game plan. Go stop the supply chain. Then you stop and just create a barricade in front of the uh, the, the the supply trucks. That's that's how you make the move if you really about that life. But no, y'all are out here at grocery stores sitting in. Come on, man. Y'all are all the dummies of the day. I don't care what y'all got to say. I don't care. I just want to live my life the way I've been living it. If I choose to be vegan, I will choose to myself to be vegan. If I choose to be a vegetarian, I'm going to be choosing to be a vegetarian. I don't need y'all trying to sway me left or right. That's not going to help me. It's not going to make me want to look into what's going on, on how it's happened. Because it's been happening like this since the last 2,022 years, going on 2,023 years on how this has been going on. If you all got a problem with it, like I said, go to the actual source. Don't go stopping at the consumer. Go to the source of where it's happening at, because all you're doing is pissing a lot of people off where people are just trying to make ends meet in the craziest in the craziest era of living that we've had in a very, very long time. It's extremely selfish and extremely classless. But hey, I'm just saying we got people out here getting mad because they're getting nude pictures airdropped to them now you're getting people even more mad of the fact that people can't even go buy milk because a vegan activist group wants to tell you to stop by drinking milk man get out of here with that anyways look again this is the sports business podcast i am your host eric compton you can catch me on instagram at money compton you can also find me at twitter at sports business once again email the show and then we're going to run this back next week y'all be safe happy happy and enjoy your day off